Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze... Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The biggest breaking news stories and outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Good morning to you. It's Thursday the 9th of March. You're watching Breakfast with me, Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk. Coming up, Rishi Sunak faces a clash with the EU over his migration bill. What a surprise. As the government plans to speed up Dorbrook deportations by dragging their heels in court. Meanwhile, the BBC is under pressure to sack Gary Lineker after he doubled down on his comments comparing the government's migrant policy to Nazi Germany, saying he will continue to speak up for those poor souls that have no voice. And Matt Hancock was censored by the Cabinet Office over his concerns that the COVID-19 pandemic began with a lab leak in Wuhan. The latest lockdown files reveal. Uh, 6.33 is the time. This is Talk Breakfast. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Always appreciate you joining me. Lots, as always, to talk about at home and abroad. We will be talking a little bit about the royals and also it's just really, really got my goat this morning, which is that weight loss jab on the NHS. I mean, we, if we're not saving everyone from cancer and we can't treat enough people in A&E for heart disease, 
maybe paying money for jabs to get people to eat a little bit less is perhaps not a top priority. Call me old fashioned. Anyway, uh, joining me to talk about all the big stories this morning is Tom Slater, editor at Spiked Online. Good morning to you. Morning to you. Lovely to have you join us. Um, yeah, let's, let's go back to the migrant bill. It is many different repercussions of this, mm -hmm. including Gary Lineker's future at the BBC. Um, two stories uh, specific over the migrant boat bill. One is that ministers are going to try and drag their heels um, in, in a bid to get uh, deportations going forward. So obviously this will be, we know this got this uh, bill has got to go through the illegal migration bill, as it's called. Uh, it's got to go through the House of Commons. Not that, that, that won't be a problem. It's got to go through the Lords, where, of course, the Tories don't have a majority. Mm -hmm. A lot of Lib Dems um, who'll be very opposed to this and want a virtue signal. Um, and then, of course, it's going to face clash after clash in the courts in the UK. And then, let's face it, it'll end up in Strasbourg. Um, uh, but they, the idea is that, well, they're just, just going to kind of just a strategy of delay and prevarication. And instead of, have, avoid, well, to avoid the nuclear option of pulling out the court altogether, the European Court of Human Rights, they are, they are just going to sort of kind of ignore at the mm -hmm. court's ruling, given that most countries, what is it, 40% of leading judgments relating to EU states from the past 10 years have not been implemented. You know, Italy and France don't implement any of these things, so why should we? Um, is that a good tactic? Well, it's interesting. It's almost like the mirror image of the tactics that is sometimes used against existing kind of immigration law in the, in the UK when people are trying to fight for reprieves so people are going to be deported and so on. I think what's interesting is that this bill was just really brought to the fore that question of who sets immigration policy because of the ECHR, because of these international agreements, yeah. and almost like above or at least undergirding a lot of the discussion about whether or not this is a good idea, whether it's a liberal or authoritarian, whether it's something which we should be doing, whether Nazi. it's going to work. Nazi. On, on, the, on Gary Lineker's perspective, that's also where he wants to take it. But there's also this question of, like, is the government even entitled to set a policy? And that's yeah. going to be a really fascinating thing to watch because I think a lot of people would expect that when a parliament legislates for something, agree or disagree with it, that should stand. And yet, as we know, that that's not necessarily always and the that, And that is the case. Again, it seems to me to be very, very clear. If the law doesn't allow you to do it and you change the law and the law still doesn't allow you to do it, um, then you don't have mm -hmm. a government that's actually in power. I mean, they're just in office. They can't do... If, if, a, gov if a government, especially after you know taking back control and mm -hmm. delivering Brexit, if a government can't decide who can and can't enter this country and who can stay in this country, I really don't know what the point of a government is. The thing I also find absolutely extraordinary is that this government can for an emergency, uh, make a decision about whether you or I as law-abiding citizens can go in and out of our own country. Mm -hmm. £5,000 fine for even travelling to an airport with the intention to travel, unable to get back into the country without showing uh, COVID-proof, COVID, um, uh, vaccine-proof, um, paying you know, people paying you know, thousands of pounds to be in quarantine hotels, basically imprisoned for two weeks, um, utterly against all existing pandemic planning, by mm -hmm. the way, because it serves no purpose and did serve no purpose. Um, or they, they can do all those controls on completely law-abiding people trying to go about their daily business or visit family or, or do business. But but if illegal migrant, someone just paying a people trafficker on a Calais beach five grand and getting in a rickety boat and arriving on our shores with, with, with no passport, no proof of who they are. Oh, no, no, now we're all worried about their rights. So an awful lot of people, especially on the Labour benches, uh, I saw yesterday at PMQs, really concerned about human rights. They, mm -hmm. they were pretty damn quiet over the last few years about my rights and my audience's rights. And I think that's going to stick in a lot of people's craw, as you say. And the other thing is that there's all this pearl clutching about the European 
Court of Human Rights and so on. Not only were these, was the Human Rights Act, was the general sort of human rights infrastructure woefully incapable of protecting anyone against the incursions of the state during lockdown. Also, in terms of actually pushing back against some genuinely brutal authoritarian migration policies, it's been next to useless. I mean, if you think about some of the things that the yeah. EU's implemented in terms of trying to, you know, defend its own external border, really horrible things, yeah. paying North African warlords effectively to kind of police their own border, yeah. brutal stuff that, you know, would make Suella Braveman blush. These these international agreements have come to naught, really. Yeah. So again, this idea that if you get out of this structure, that everything's going to go to hell in yeah. a handcart, you're in 1930s Germany, as Gary Lineker would put it, is ridiculous. Not least, we've had a bit of an experience of that ourselves over the past couple of years. Uh, yeah, we certainly have, haven't we? Um, uh, let me let's also talk about um, as I say this clash that Rishi Sunak facing a fresh clash with the European Union. There's been a warning from a senior commissioner that his uh, new migration bill would be in breach of human rights. So it's like, we know, well, yeah, I mean that's the front of the Guardian today. We know that we. That's that's kind of the point. I mean, the, the Home Secretary, Sonia Bravman, basically makes that point on the front page of the bill. Um, that's that's kind of a bit of a giveaway. Um, but this is the thing. Uh, again, these international laws, they were brought in for a particular reason, a particular time. Uh, the, there is no doubt at all that these people are not legitimate you know, asylum seekers. Interesting, talking to someone who used to be you know, the chief immigration officer, and I said, well, you know, don't most of these people, even the, you know, the people who come across the migrant boats, don't they actually eventually get given asylum? So actually they're legitimate. He said, no, actually, it's only about 8%. The rest of them, because they haven't got documentation, they're, they're basically given sort of leave to remain. But it's not. they're not actually you know, accepted as legitimate asylum seekers. Um, and, 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 you know, that, and again, that's one of the sort of the lies that's put out there. Um, in terms of how this uh, affects um, who does our, uh, the punditry uh, during World Cups mm-hmm. <laughs> on the BBC, um, Gary Lineker's future. Um, in front of the mail today, is Lineker about to get boot from BBC? They say his future at the BBC is hanging in the balance last night. He doesn't seem to think it is. We were told that yesterday there would be um, was it a, a, you know, frank, frank conversations with him by senior figures at the BBC. Uh, they hadn't uh, actually got around to speaking to Gary Lineker apparently was not answering his phone yesterday after those tweets he posted uh, basically comparing uh, the, the government's migrant policy to 1930s Germany. Um, Good heavens this is beyond e- awful he tweeted and then in a response to someone who questioned whether he should be uh, make, passing commentary on mm-hmm. political issues given his job at the BBC saying he was out of order. He uh, accused the Home Secretary of promoting an immeasurably cruel policy directed at the most vulnerable people in language that is not dissimilar to that used by Germany in the 1930s. Well I mean I don't see what's immeasurably cruel about it. No one's saying we're going to send you back to Iran or Syria. Um, they're not the most vulnerable people. The idea that a bunch of men in their 20s um, and 30s are, are the most vulnerable people is laughable. I don't know where, what he was listening to, what language. We need to stop the boats. Um, I, don't see, I don't see why that is, well, that's got anything to do with the Nazis. And yes, he didn't use the N-word. Um, but, but if you're talking about Germany in the 30s, I don't know what else you're talking about. Was there, was there a strong Liberal Democrat party that, uh, that, that made pronouncements in the 30s in Germany? I don't think was so. Was he talking about kind of late-stage Weimar Germany? Probably not. I mean, this is quite obvious what he, was, what he was saying there. And I think that people on all sides of politics, on all sides of the immigration debate, on all sides of any debate, need to stop comparing their opponents to Nazis. Just, just I, stop it. I, I don't like what happens in migration. You know, the, um, again, in terms of this particular bill, there are things that I think you could very legitimately criticise yes. it for, 100%. But I don't, again, just bringing the Nazis up, God wins law at all times is terrible. This happens during in, in terms of even the lockdown debate as well. There are mm-hmm. some people who constantly want to refer to this as an example of this is was effectively our taste of Nazism and so on. Again, mm. you can have this discussion without bringing up these examples. Not only is it demonising your opponent, you're also trivialising a unique crime 
in history, industrial murder of, of, of an entire people. Let's not bring that yeah. up. And so, aside, you know, Gary Lineker is an absurd figure in so many respects. People have got very passionate feelings about him, one way or the other. But we should also recognise that, quite aside from the question of what should happen now in terms of his position at the BBC, those comments were really unpleasant. They were really we unpleasant. Put it that. this way, you know, if I'd made similar style comments, mm-hmm. um, if I worked for the BBC, I'd definitely be out of a job. And that's the thing. And quite a few BBC people, are, and I, you know, I spoke to people in the past and other people have actually tweeted in the past saying, look, you know, you, you, we're all expected to abide by this. It's not just, you know, the Laura Kunzbergs and the, and the you know, the, the Nick Robinsons who are expected to not make party political commentary uh, and, and like that. They are expected to remain judiciously neutral. If they're, you know, Fiona Bruce, you know, reading the news. Um, you, you, Whatever you do, if you're a high profile, particularly if you work for the BBC, you sign a contract that requires you to abide by their, you know, you know, due partiality, you know, partiality, impartiality guidelines. That is due impartiality. That's it. That's that's what they're supposed to abide by. So not only does does Gary Lineker have a contract with the BBC, it doesn't matter. It's not staff. It doesn't matter. You're on the telly representing the BBC, and on your Twitter feed, you are still, nevertheless, you know, part of um, seen as Gary Lineker from the BBC. That's that's how, that's you know the context. Um, but also, you know, the BBC then has a contract with us. Mm-hmm. We are taxpayers. If you have to, if you've bought a license fee, it's because it's a tax. You can call it a license fee, but it's a tax. If you own a television, you are required by law punishment for the fine or imprisonment if you don't pay that fine, which is not there. If it's like, you know, if I don't pay my Netflix, I just don't get Netflix. Or if I got it dodgily, I could be I could be prosecuted in the civil courts, but I couldn't be imprisoned. Mm-hmm. Now, that's different. And that's why this is a tax. Um, and, and we are forced to pay that. And we're forced to pay Gary Lineker's, um salary. And the deal for that is you don't get to talk at us about your politics. That's the deal. He can he can give his political views or he can work for the BBC. He can't do both. He's got to choose. It's not censorship. This is a simple contractual arrangement, isn't it? Well, I think it would be less irritating to many people if there was a sense in which people will cut as much slack with different politics, shall we say. He's yeah. a sports broadcaster. This is not something he's holding forth on Match of the Day, although that does creep in from time to time, which is a bit more concerning. Um, but at the same time, we all know that certainly if you're lower down the ranks at the BBC, you're not going to get this kind of privilege regardless of your politics. Yeah. And then also, if there happened to be a kind of parallel Gary Lineker, a kind of Brexiteer Gary Lineker, a pro-Tory Gary Lineker, Never have been it's hired. not going to be the same example. I don't want to see him cancelled, I don't want to see him sacked. I think the, but the part of the problem, the reason people are so angry is that there's quite clearly a double standard Absolutely. here. And that's something that people aren't prepared to... Yeah, I mean, do, do you think he'll end up losing his job? Well, he's, he's calling their bluff. It'd be fascinating to see what happens. I mean, in a way, he can't lose because there's, yeah. um, people like him are never tired of um, telling all of us he could probably make even a much oh, we, better money. Oh, we could. Oh, we could. So and again, I, I would like. I would like him to say I really enjoy his football punch. I mm-hmm. really, I, I, you know, actively do enjoy that. If I'm watching, if I'm watching a, a big match, I, w- I would, you know, I would rather have him doing it than than the guys at ITV. Because you can always listen on Talk Sport. It's more point worth making. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, but I just, I just think you just need to know what the terms of your contract are. And I don't think he, he alone at the BBC should be above. Uh, those rules yeah. that everyone else has to but abide he's by. He's a voice for the yeah. voiceless. So. Voice for the voiceless, yeah. yeah. Those poor it's people that no one speaks <laughs> up for every day uh, at Channel Migrants. Uh, we'll look at the front pages up next. We'll also talk about that. Uh, 12 million people possibly getting a new weight loss jab on the NHS. But is there any other way they could lose weight? Do do let me know. This is Talk Breakfast. The biggest breaking news stories. An outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley-Brewer on Talk Radio. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlinBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.